Hey everyone, it's Seth from Classic Gaming Brothers. This episode is sponsored by Audible. Enjoy the episode. another episode of classic gaming brothers i'm zach and i'm seth we are the classic gaming brothers that's right we are the classic gaming brothers we are we play video games we are classic and we are brothers we are brothers i don't think as long as we do this podcast i don't think we will not not be brothers i I really can't see that changing and i i guess I, i could disown you you could disown me but then you will just be the classic gaming person person right yes right which probably is not as nearly as exciting as classic gaming brothers Uh, yeah because being brothers is a whole selling point when i when i when i tweet at people and say listen to our show i say we talk about video games we talk about retro video games and we are brothers (laughs) and we are and we are brothers that's i mean that's i would say probably the selling point of the show um, which, if you haven't listened to, uh, is structured into three different segments. We talk about our re- what we've been playing recently. Uh, we talk about a topic of the week, as it were. And then we wrap everything up about games that are coming out, like a buy-way pass segment, where we talk about games that we want to buy or wait on or pass on. Yeah! Fair. We, we have passed on games in the past, and we will we pass have, on games in the future. We have passed on past games, and we will we will future game. I, I got nothing. What have you been recently playing, Seth? Uh, so recently I've been playing a game called Yes, Your Grace. It is a uh, 8-bit style video game where you play as a lord, and it is tough. It is a very tough game. Because you have to make all these decisions, and the decisions have ramifications. And essentially, you start the game off every day with you sitting on your throne and having this like line of petitioners come to you and ask for things. And these things could be something that's minor or may appear to be minor and then be a problem later down the road. So they may ask you for uh, gold or resources, and they will use them for different reasons. Maybe they want to have a wedding or something like that. So an example of like a choice that you can encounter is that you, they, a, a peasant comes to you and asks you for gold to throw a wedding because he doesn't want to he wants to have a really cool wedding and you could help him out give him some gold and if you give him the gold and he has the wedding then you find out later that your daughter sneaks out and goes to the wedding and gets like hammered so if you didn't give him the gold she wouldn't sneak out and she wouldn't get hammered essentially is that so then there's um you have to make allies in the game and you have to um, fight F enemies, and it's got a pretty interesting storyline in regards to um, the what's going on in uh, the kingdom and why you have to do certain things. Or and it starts the game off 
at the end, or at least a perceivable end of what happens. And then you go back and you kind of see what led you up to that moment in time. Very cool. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a pretty cool um, kind of yeah, like it's a strategy. Um, it's got some uh, choices kind of definitely matter. And it's you can definitely put yourself into uh, a situation where you have no money and are like scraping by kind of thing. So it's 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 an interesting game for sure. Uh, what about you? What have you been recently been playing? Well, I've recently been playing um, a game called Black Mesa, which was created by a, comp- uh, a development studio called the Crowbar Collective. Um, we actually spoke about Black Mesa twice so far, very briefly. Right. We talked about them during our Half-Life episode way back when. Um, and we also talked about them during our uh, PAX episode, during our follow-up, because we, we got to speak to the developers at PAX. That's right. That's right. Our post-PAX pod. Yeah, that's right. So if you haven't listened to those previous episodes, Black Mesa is a full source um, port of the original or full source remake of the original Half-Life. And Source is the um, the engine that it's using. It's the same engine that was used for Half-Life 2 and Portal and Team Fortress 2 and Dota and a whole bunch of other games that Valve makes. Um, so Black Mesa looks to recreate the original Half-Life, um, and it's really cool in the sense that they are redesigning levels so that if you played the original Half-Life a lot, like me, um, it wouldn't be, it's not like a walk in the park for people who've already played. So there's some new twists every now and then. Now I've already played Black Mesa. I've played it, um, the 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 previous release that was out but they recently just fully released the game it's first uh out of early access stage um and uh they have added the zen portion which for those who have not played half-life in the last part of the game you're in this alien dimension called zen where there are a bunch of different like monsters and stuff that you have to fight and the physics changes up a bit the whole game just kind of shifts in tone and the Crowbar Collective team has done a painstaking job not only recreating Zen, but also refining Zen. It was one of the biggest complaints in the original Half-Life was that the Zen missions threw the entire game off of its pace. Um, So the Crowbar Collective's team was to bring it back to the pace of the rest of Half-Life without um destroying the memories of zen and you know living into its spirit and so far i've been enjoying it you know there's definitely new elements they've added to it um but it it still feels like the half-life that i remember playing um with obviously some new twists and turns um so it's very nice right yeah that's it was uh it was also really nice meeting them and they they were a pretty chill group of guys i think yeah they were they they seemed really cool. They they you know they humored us when we were joking around about about that the, the the game has been it had been in early access for many years almost uh, yeah thirteen years or something like that. The game was in early access, which is a pretty long time for game development. Yeah, that's a very long time for game development. So they and they they were good natured and they they kind of took our uh, our friendly jibes. We weren't we weren't trying to uh, insult yeah, them they by any means. They, they, they liked our cut of our jib, as it were. Yeah, exactly. And and there was a good team. It was a good chance to get to meet them. But yeah, that's that's what I've been playing recently. I guess that kind of segues into our topic, as it were, a little bit. Um, so this week we're gonna we're gonna talk about a, a game that is close to everyone's hearts. Uh, a game called Doom. 
<laughs> it makes it sound so much the way you led that up made it sound like it was gonna be such a, a sweet gentle game you know it it's is like, it's close to everyone's... sweet yeah for, for some people i'm sure <laughs> yeah doom is a very sweet and gentle game if you haven't played it i don't know why you're listening to this podcast um but <laughs> it is uh a, a classic classic fps first person shooter game mm. and what we're going to do this particular episode we're just going to talk about doom um just the first one we're not going to go into all the other sequels and prequels and all the other garbage that we usually do we want to try and uh slow down the podcast as it were and really just talk about one game and we're going to talk about just doom that's right the numero uno game and uh, hopefully you guys like this uh, structure. Um, we'll probably have a few more episodes or another episodes where we'll, we'll kind of go back to where we were doing before, mm. I guess. But um, I th- we think we're, we're, we're trying out this. We're trying out um, just, just doing one game and just kind of deep diving it. Yeah. So without uh, further ado, we're going to break out this little without middle further segment. Further a doom? Further a doom. Oh, <laughs> oh the, puns, the puns are bad. Um, <laughs> the, to break out this, uh, the middle segment even further into three more segments, because we love three segments for everything, where we, we move in threes. A trilogy. Uh, yeah, we're a trilogy, a duology trilogy. I don't know. There's only two of us. But... Uh, we're going to talk about first our, our memories, our personal memories of Doom, and then we'll we'll get into the history and background of Doom and some stuff that you may or may not know about Doom. I certainly didn't know it, and then we'll get into the we'll we'll end it all with the uh, the gameplay of Doom, which yeah. hopefully you're familiar with or not. I mean, if you've never played Doom, um, you'll learn about it today. So Zach, uh, since you are the younger brother. Uh, I'll go first. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what what are your uh, what are your memories of uh, Doom? Because you would be being born around when it came out. Yeah. So when Doom came out, I was um, I was uh, let's see actually when it when Doom first came out back yep. in December of 1993. I would have been born, but I probably wouldn't have been playing Doom. Um, I was I was born in August of that year, so I, I wouldn't have been playing Doom at barely a year old. What I remember about Doom is actually what I remember about a Doom, not clone, but modification that was made by the Chex company called Chex Quest, which yes. was a full total conversion of Doom um, that was made kid-friendly and that we had a copy of. So that was my first experience with a form of Doom. I later played the actual Doom, uh, probably, I think it was at a friend's house. I th- I, if I remember correctly, I had a friend named Kevin who who had a copy of the original Doom and had a copy of Wolfenstein on a computer. I feel um, like everyone had a friend named Kevin who had a copy of Doom on a computer. Probably. I think so. Um, it's a bunch so, of Kevins out there just wandering around with copies of Dooms. Yeah, it's just, that's... That, those are the first people to get Doom was Kevin's. Uh, yeah, Kevin's. Ah, your name is Kevin. Here is a copy of Doom. So then, uh, when I got a little older, well, by older I mean when I entered middle school and was able to have a stable internet, I um, started playing what was available for me, like the shareware version of Doom, which was free. Um, and I actually played through an emulator 
the Sega 32X version of Doom for some reason. And, uh, yeah, and that, that's, you know, uh, eventually I did eventually get a, an official copy of uh, the Ultimate Doom and I got to play through the entire game um, many, many years after it had come out, but I did eventually play through the whole game. <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't know if I've even played through the entirety of Doom. I mean I have played through the first episode as it were, which I'm sure which was the shareware version. Yep. But I don't know if I actually played through the rest of the game or if I just have these like memories and what I've played have just been this uh the this the repeat of the first episode over and over and over again <laughs> is essentially what happened my memories of doom so 93 i would have been a little bit older than you um yeah <laughs> and uh but and uh i played doom probably not in 1993 though i played doom probably when i was in somewhere between first and third grade i think so my friend matt uh had a cool little basement area where the computer was far away from parents and we were able to play doom uninterrupted um by any parents who had no idea what we were doing down there we were playing doom that's what we were doing um so my (laughs) memories of doom have actually been very like uh collaborative for being a single player game which i think is interesting but i've I've always have memories of me playing doom with with one of my very close friends matt and he's still one of my close friends today and uh yeah we'd go that we we play it i remember um figuring out cheat codes uh, oh yeah like okay id cafe and uh the the god mode idd iddqd D- yeah yep there you go and using those cheat codes uh f- to be able to beat the game because it was very difficult even for especially for like third graders yeah um <laughs> the game was very difficult to play um so it was interesting because that was one of the First games that I really even learned about, even doing cheat codes and stuff like that, and being able to give yourself an edge, as it were, to play the game. Oh yeah, um, definitely all of the, I the sounds, the iconic monsters, um, those like soldiers in the first mission. Oh yeah, have, yeah, they yeah. all they all look like guile, I guess. From yeah, Street they Fighter. do <laughs> the flat top heads. <laughs> yes, yeah. like the flat top heads, blonde. They're definitely all like just guile dressed up in camo with guns, and then uh, and then you have like the the monsters, the like weird humanoid ones, the like the brown. Oh, ones. the imps! Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And then they shoot like the fireballs at you. Yep. But I wouldn't even say that they're imps. Like I know that they they're called imps, but they look like so they're like they look like monsters. dudes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're 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 dudes. And then what a oh the the uh, the iconic like uh, beholder esque monster. Ah uh, yes, red, the, the caco the, demon as it's called. The caco demon. Yeah, we we uh, I think I I think we made it to the. The last episode once or something like that i'm not sure like once again the i liked also the degree of your character getting injured as you yeah, went through the level yeah. and like wounds would appear on his face uh 
it definitely was like a way of them showing you how you were progressing. But like to this day, I still felt like they gave you a health bar. They didn't necessarily need to show your face getting beat up. But I feel like it was an added like situation that like it stays with me still. Like I think back at Doom, I think of like shoot getting shot by the guile guys and getting bloodied in my face yeah and it's we'll we'll talk about it a bit more with gameplay but i think the i think having that face there really hones in on um the gameplay of doom in the sense that it is a quick game and we'll talk more about that but i think having that visual representation of your guy being injured is a good way to help keep the pace of the game quick because you can just quickly look at the guy as opposed to you know staring at your actual health number um right um but yeah i I, yeah i I think doom is a definitely a memorable game and definitely memorable for someone of your age at the time playing it (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um that doom was right around uh so i i'd already played wolfenstein 3d so i wasn't um new to the first person shooter genre like i knew what i was doing when i was behind the keyboard as it were um, it's also not a very complicated game to figure out. You can probably teach pretty much anybody to play Doom. You just gotta point the mouse and, well, you have to angle your, yeah, point your mouse and click. Um, the, so like Wolfenstein and Doom, and then right around that time was the Star Wars, the Dark Forces yeah. game, like shortly after Doom. And, um, I felt like all those, all three of those games were really like, in my mind's kind of defining for the whole genre and why I still play first person shooters today and why I still enjoy them. And I think it's partly because of these iconic games that came out, um, that have kind of inspired like they there's they're very uh nostalgic and you're always trying to um kind of get back which is why it's very exciting because uh we didn't mention it but um doom the new doom game is out doom eternal yeah as of uh as of the release of this episode doom eternal will be out and will be in the hands of people who want to play doom eternal yes and so if you are a true classic gaming brothers fan you would know that we mentioned many years ago, I not I mean not many years ago, but maybe in our yes, at least many episodes ago, that we said we'd do a Doom episode when Doom was released. And here is our Doom episode. We kept our we, promises. <laughs> we keep promises made, promises kept. That's right. That's right. So I think straying off of our personal memories of Doom, we're gonna talk now a bit about the history and the background to Doom. Um, yeah, get into the facts. Yeah, get right into the facts. So, um, id Software, which is the company that created Doom, was originally founded in 1991, um, and it was named after the psychological term id. So, for anyone mm. who studied Freud, you might know about the ego, the superego, and the id, which are what Freud kind of determined were kind of the different elements of a human psyche. Um, the id being the one that is the human's base instincts, their wants and desires, which I think later yeah. came to really show in how id created their games. It was always about, you know, what they wanted, what they desired in the human instinct of just running and gunning sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very base games as it were. Yeah. So um, 
Now roll over a couple few few years to 1993. Clinton is in office. Beanie Babies were all the rage. Jurassic Park is hitting theaters. And Mist, a game that is in first person, is also released. It is a very slow game in first person, but it is in first well, person. Slow comparatively to uh, yeah, to Doom slow compared to Doom, I should say. Yeah, yeah and 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 what happened was id software decided that they were going to create a new game and that they were going to use some things that they learned from wolfenstein as well as this whole new engine they were building in order to create this game and seth do you want to talk a bit about the actual the actual programming element of doom Um, because i think it has kind of an interesting history in terms of how exactly it was built um, as a game sure yeah that's and just to be clear we talk about um, Wolfenstein 3D as being the predecessor to Doom. The same people who worked on Doom worked on Wolfenstein 3D. Like, the, it's 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 just the game that came after Wolfenstein 3D. So these these guys weren't necessarily uh, new at making um, 3D shooters. No, and in fact, before Wolfenstein, they had a different 3D shooter called Catacomb. So they they definitely weren't new for 3D shooters. Right. So um, in, interestingly enough, though. Doom is not really a 3D game, as it were. It is a very good, uh, essentially fake 3D game. So uh, Doom was programmed in ANSIC and some parts of assembly. And now I'm not a programmer. I know that assembly is used in NES games. Mm-hmm. I know that ANSIC is a older computer language. Mm-hmm. Um, but they use their programming to... Um, where so Wolfenstein had flat levels and all the levels were at right angles. Uh-huh. So you walk through and the there was the all the walls were the same height. The the, the all the floors were flat, and which made sense if you were in Hitler's compound, right? So mm. the, all the floors, everything is like straight up, and they're at the the right angles and all that. So the Doom engine though allowed walls and floors to be at any height or any angle. So you could make, like, hell. You could make different, like, outdoor areas or outdoor feeling areas because you can make the walls super high and you can make them look like their sky. So you can make it look like it's outdoors versus just being the same level and the same right angles. And you could make different... Angles, so you can make like um, things that jutted out or things that jutted in. You know, like you could use that to play around with the level design. Yeah. Though the engine was restricted so that you could not have any traversable area that would be sitting on top of the other area. So you you couldn't stack design a level. Um, so you had so all the Doom levels were just sprawling levels so which people found out when they tried doing uh the, the no clip cheat which was idspi idspispodpd um was the no clip cheat uh, which has its own history but uh why it is that but so the so since as I said, I said it was not technically a 3D engine. So how does that work? So there was there was a method that was first used called binary space partitioning, which allowed the system to quickly pull up a portion of the level based on what you could see, 
and they had to use binary space partitioning because Romero's level designs were so nuts. John yeah. Romero just made these crazy levels and they didn't really mesh into the game engine. The game engine was restrictive, so they had to develop an entirely new way of processing data to be able to play Doom, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Though, an interesting fact, though, Zach, you you have that down here that it was going to be an Aliens game? Yeah, so early in development for Doom, um, kind of after they finished Wolfenstein, they had this idea they wanted to do a new game. Um, and they're playing around with some different ideas and they, they got in touch with 20th Century Fox, who was interested in pursuing a licensed game based in the Aliens franchise, specifically based on the second movie, Aliens. So um, John Romero and John Carmack, the two people at id Software who were kind of the heads of heads of the, the team, went back and forth with 20th Century Fox. And uh, eventually the plan fell through mostly because Carmack had started to come up with kind of an orig- original idea that he wanted to play around with, which was this idea based on the theme of demons versus technology. And the whole way they even got to demons was apparently the guys at id Software had a ongoing Dungeon and Dragons campaign, and the most recent one that they had ended in a whole bunch of demons just showing up and taking over the campaign. <laughs> um, which, is, so, which can happen. Which can happen. So I guess what happened was they were playing around with these ideas, and Carmack was like, "Hey, remember when this happened? What if we, uh, what if we did something like that, but in a video game?" And they went with it. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of video games are inspired by the creativity that comes from a Dungeons and Dragons. Game. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, it's like fact. Like, that's just like what happens is that these, a lot of, um, especially benchmark video games are inspired some way directly or indirectly by D&D, which is interesting because Dungeons and Dragons is at the height of popularity now. So I'm hoping because D&D is at a height of popularity, and they it inspired so much video game like the Ultima series and Doom and all these different video games that were um, indirectly or directly inspired. Maybe we'll see a upsurge as the people who are playing D and D now grow up and uh, make video games. I mean, or are inspired and have already grown up. You you do you. You can make video games at any age. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what ended up happening with Doom was that one of the guys at id Software, a man named Tom Hall, decided that Doom needed a plot. And John Carmack um, did not agree that video games should have complex plots. He he kind of, in, in vulgar terms, said that plot in a video game is like having a plot in a porn film. Um, so <laughs> he wasn't super into having a really complex plot. But Tom Hall right. felt like it was important for Doom to have something to be going on against. Um, So he created what was called the Doom Bible, um, which was this massive text of just information. I mean, it gave everything from um, the Doom guy's name to um, different weapons that he wanted to be in the game that uh, eventually were cut out, Um, proposed episode names, which um, uh, we're going to talk about later, but Doom was 
split up into multiple episodes in the actual game itself. Um, so the name Knee Deep in the Dead, which was the name for the first episode of Doom, was originally written into the Doom Bible. And a whole bunch of different things that would go later go into Doom were, were written down here. Um, not everything, and when Tom Hall did eventually leave id Software, he actually did bring over some of his ideas from the Doom Bible into future games that he worked on, such as The Rise of the Triad and Terminal Velocity, um, mm. which were published by id's competitor, um, Ap- Apogee Software and 3D Realms. Right. Are they defunct now? Are they, I think 3D Realms exists in name only. Um, Apogee oh, okay. Software is, I believe, defunct now. Id Software was purchased by Bethesda. That and that, I think, is a good. I think that is a good breakdown of the history of Doom. Well, did we? I well, we. I, I think we talked about the plot in regards to the Doom Bible, but we didn't actually talk about the actual plot. So the actual plot is that there's a Martian base, and it gets overrun by demons from hell. Uh, Doom Guy, as he is referred to, is a Marine who is unnamed, which is why his name is Doom Guy, and he goes to hell to stop the demons. And either he does a... Zach says that he does a good job. I say he does a good job or a bad job, depending on who's playing. Because if it's me that's playing, he does a bad job. And he never true. gets his job done. <laughs> that's true. But if you beat all the levels, then you've done a good job since you have survived. Um... Yeah, so that's pretty much the plot. And there actually is, between each episode of Doom, there are these little kind of story blurbs, which will give you kind of what's going on in the head of the Doom guy's mind. And there is this whole little subplot about him having a pet rabbit that got killed, and he's he's doing it as a whole revenge thing, which I wish yeah. I was making up, but that is something that's detailed in the game. Good, <laughs> um, good. So well, he, He's very sad about his... He's kind of like Minsk from... Baldur's Gate, except if he was not. <laughs> yeah, yes. If he was Doom guy. Um, and another thing was after um, when Doom was eventually finished in terms of production, they they released it as a shareware game, which essentially meant that they gave it out for free. Um, however, they only gave out the first episode, which was as I previously mentioned, called Knee Deep in the Dead. And the shareware episode was actually released on an FTP server, a file uh, transfer protocol server, at the University of Wisconsin, of all places. So they all, they all the guys that it did was they uploaded the shareware version to this FTP server at this university and just let people download it for free. Yeah, and that's how they got the word a, out. That's all you need to do. And eventually they updated the game and they released a, a full four episode version as retail. Um, that four episode version was called the ultimate doom. And that came out in 1995. And so part of the, uh, to get to the gameplay of doom, you are in the game. It's a first person shooter. You, move around the map using WASD, which is the keyboard commands for forward, back, left, and right. Um, I don't, And then you use your mouse to pivot. You can. Um, um, so I actually played, I played Doom, when I, when I played Doom, I was actually playing using um, a different keyboard setup, which was using the arrow keys and then control as the, as the gun. Oh, um, okay. So there are different ways that you could play it, but um, one that might be more familiar for people of modern first-person shooters would be the WASD and the mouse. And uh, you don't have any level. You can't, like, pivot your gun up and down. You can only move it left to right, from what my memory is. Yeah. And then um, then you... So every shot, as long as you're pointing at the monster somewhere, if you shoot it, your gun, you're going to attack it. Yes. Um, 
it's very fast. Um, the, it's very uh, hectic. And as you increase the difficulty, uh, there are more enemies and more things flying at you. So you're dodging, you're taking hits, you're shooting back, you're trying to kill these things. You're also trying to find keys. There's a red, blue, and ye yellow key? Yep, yellow key. Yeah, red, blue, and yellow. Uh, that's it. Those are the only three keys that you can find because you only have three key slots. So it doesn't matter what level you are. You just need a red key, a blue key, or a yellow key. And getting these keys progress the level further so you can finally get to the, usually like an elevator or something at the end where you push it and then it engages the end screen. So there's like, uh, you start in the map, you go through the map, and then at the end you push like a switch and that causes the end of the level and then a like uh, like stat screen shows up, and then you move on to the next stage. And the stat screen, um, what it will do is it will tell you how many um, enemies you killed in the level, how many collectibles you got, and how much of the map you explored. Um, right. So one thing that's cool about Doom is that there's a lot of secrets um, that are scattered throughout the map. There's a lot of these secret, um, you know, walls that when you click on them, they it reveals there's a doorway there that you didn't know, and when you go through these doorways sometimes you'll actually find entrances to hidden levels um which will add an extra level onto the um onto the episode that you're playing which was cool right. and the the levels often the extra levels often had a few more goodies in them you know some weapons that you might not be able to get till later in the game you could find you know in secret levels um and also some new new enemies and such like that you know enemies that you might not see till later in the game um that you'd have to fight so the new the secret levels were also a little more difficult than the standard levels this game was released episodically kind of so um the shareware version of doom was just one episode it was just nine levels called knee deep in the dead and when they released the first full version of doom retail version there were three episodes in the in the full shareware version so when, right. when you start doom you press start game and then you're given a list of episodes that you can choose from and each episode has a set of nine levels which include one secret level and there are four total episodes in the ultimate doom which is the 1995 version um that right. is what most people consider to be the kind of quintessential doom if you would right. um it has the the full experience if you if you would 36 levels yeah about 36 levels and they are um all fairly decently sized i mean the, the later levels get a little longer and become a little more difficult the earlier levels obviously are a little easier um but for the most part it's a it's a very robust game even for that for that time period and that kind of episodic style of of the way they broke the game down would later be popularized in future first-person shooters not made by id software so duke nukem did it um half-life kind of does it each section of the game has a has a kind of a title to it and in other other first-person shooters of that time period would adapt that kind of episode um element right. to them and the episodes are uh, knee deep in the dead for the shareware version uh the shores of hell which is the first paid for version a uh, first paid episode uh inferno is the uh second paid for episode 
and Thy Flesh Consumed is the, the episode that gets released with the Ultimate Doom. So, And you can see, I remember, even if you have the shareware version, you can see the other episodes to play. So when you select them, it prompts you to buy the game. Yes. And, and you, have, you go yeah. to an average. I don't even know if there's, it doesn't give you a way to buy the game. It Actually, it did give you, buy the game. Or I think it? It, it did give you a phone number and their uh, uh, yes. PO box at the time. So I yes. believe, I believe how you would have done it is you would have sent a um, check to a PO box yep. um, and they would have mailed you um, the full version of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yep, because that's how you did things in 93 is you, you sent a check to some mysterious PO box and maybe some guys who dropped a game on a college FTP site might mail you a CD-ROM. <laughs> that's right. Or back then it was a floppy. So. Oh yeah, so true. It's a floppy disk. That's right. Um, but three and a half. Three and a, three and a half. There are eight weapons, um, which includes your fists. There's shotgun. And the BFG. And the BFG, which um, stands for big swear word gun. And, uh, you know, just a standard array of weapons, you know, pistol, shotgun. There's also multiple difficulty settings. Um, all have kind of clever names. There's I'm Too Young to Die, which is the easiest setting. Hurt Me Plenty, which is normal setting. Ultraviolence, which is the harder setting. And then Nightmare, which is very hard. Um, nightmare setting if i remember correctly was done john romero was just like let's throw everything at them and make this right. impossible so and they, and they they even disable cheats you can't cheat yep during nightmare. You, see, you can't cheat during nightmare mode it is everything after you it is it is a hard hard i've played nightmare mode nightmare. once and i can't get through the first level with nightmare mode it is it is hard and uh and i never Perhaps swear i was good at video games though so. very hard yeah in fact very nightmarish <laughs> yes um so that i think is gonna be it for what we have for doom i think so i hope everybody enjoyed the different pacing as it were and the different just talking about doom um i think we'll we'll probably do more episodes like this so the thing is we're gonna try and do more episodes like this on classic games that you may or may not have played because that's you know, kind of like I feel like part of this uh, spirit of our podcast is you. That's what you kind of are coming here to listen to us to talk about uh, the spirit of class classic games. So we'll um, we'll do some of those, but we may also have uh, newer games that we may do an entire episode on. Um, just to see if there's games that may, you may be interested yeah. in uh, learning about or hearing about. Um, I also think that. We have a message from our sponsor. Are you bored Tuesday through Saturday waiting for another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers? If you are, well, then do we have a solution for you. You can try a 30-day free trial of Audible, and in doing so, we'll make some money, and you'll be able to enjoy a nice book like Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Or Masters of Doom by David Kushner. Both books are narrated by Will Wheaton to hold you over till we get back to you on Sunday. Visit audibletrial.com slash Classic Gaming Brothers to check it out. That's audibletrial.com slash Classic Gaming Brothers. And now back to our show. And that was a great message from our sponsor. I, I think I learned a lot from that message. I think I heard myself. I think I heard everybody else. I think I heard me for a little bit. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. just a little. We'll find out. Uh- <laughs> we'll find out. All right. Well, anyway. Um, to move on to closing out the podcast and doing our byway pass session, people thought that we were we were done. That's right, um, we're not done yet. Uh, so for byway pass, uh, Zach, 
what are you excited about buying, waiting, or passing on? And I'm really mad because you took what I wanted to buy, wait, pass on. I know. Um, so it's a game that we mentioned in our packs, um, our post packs episode. It's a game we also got to see a little bit of gameplay of. Uh, neither Seth or I got a chance to play it though. It was very popular while we were there, and that is Carrion. So Carrion is a quote unquote reverse horror game in which you assume the role of an amp uh, as a blob i'm just gonna say you assume the role is a blob (laughs) of unknown origins and you stalk and kill people that captured you in many ways it is like you're playing as a demon from doom as opposed Mm, to as opposed to segue yeah as opposed to the as opposed to the doom guy um it is being published by devolver digital it was developed by phobia game studio um and it looks like if you are we've talked about devolver digital but if you are aware of devolver digital's games it looks a lot like one of their games um it's this kind of pixely graphic game um it's very gruesome which devolver digital does like blood and and blood and gore when they can have it and uh, as mentioned you're playing as this blob like creature who doesn't have like you know walking or jumping mechanics so what you do is as you go through the level you are like using tendrils to like pull yourself up elevator shafts and grab people and it just looks really really cool um very visceral very visceral um you know i'm not I mean, I love Doom and stuff, and I'm not, but I'm not super. I don't consider myself super duper into into blood and gore, but at the same time, I think it looks like a unique twist to kind of the idea of the monster escape genre. You know, there's a lot of a lot of horror games where you usually play as the person running from the monster, and now you're the monster chasing the people running. Um, and I think it, I think it looks very cool. Um, uh, so right now I think I'm on a wait for it just in the sense that I, I kind of want to get a better feel for, um, what people are going to say about the game. You know, I think it's got a lot going for it in terms of how it looks and how it appears to play. Um, but I, I think I want to wait a little bit to hear what some of the early reviews are before I go and pick it up. Um, but I'm definitely going to, uh, put that, you know, put it on my uh, little radar there your little radar yeah so um my uh by way pass is actually a game that it has that came out after doom by only a couple of years and came out the same year that ultimate doom came out in 95 and that is command and conquer because they're remastering command and conquer which i am very excited about uh command and conquer and the red alert uh which actually ended up to just tie things back was a game that Justin selected from our list of games, not the remaster, the original. Um, he, he did select it. So that's if in case our audience was wondering what Justin chose, that's what he chose. Um, the Command & Conquer Red Alert defined the RTS genre 25 years ago, and now they're coming back fully remastered by Westwood Studio team members. And they are also redoing um, the FMVs so that they are, like, not pixelated. And I am very excited. Um, it's going to be $20. I So it's coming out June 5th. And assuming that we're all still inside come June 5th, <laughs> <laughs> I... May, I'm probably gonna buy this game. I like. I was putting in my head. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll wait. 
I really like RTS games. I really like Command and Conquer. I think Command and Conquer and StarCraft just like scratch uh, like an itch that I get. And just looking at the like screenshots of Command and Conquer, that that game just it truly for me even more so than like Warcraft and StarCraft. Yeah, um, really define the RTS genre. Um, and I, I, I get really excited about that and, uh, yeah, so I'll buy it. I'll put it down as a buy. I think that we, um, we will chat about it in an upcoming episode. I'm sure I assume we, we have to talk about a lot of RTS games. There's a lot of classic RTS games. So we definitely have like plenty of wood to chop. So uh, look forward to future episodes about moving small miniatures across the map to kill other small miniatures. Yeah. Um, In what could be defined as pretty much fast chess. Fast <laughs> chess. Sure. Well, listen, we, we love fast chess. That's right. Um, so uh, to wrap everything up, there's uh, a couple ways that you can support us, uh, listen to us, and contact us. I think I say that in the wrong order every time. I don't even know what the right order is. Um, uh, Zach, what's a good way that you can uh, support us? So you can support us by going to our website, www.classicgamingbrothers.com and checking out our merch store where we have t-shirts with our faces on it and mugs with our faces on it. So because you can't see what we look like when listening to this podcast, you can always just look down at the shirt you're wearing and imagine what we look like based on the artist rendition that was made by my friend. Um, another way you can support us is by uh, sharing us. You know, so if if you follow us on social media when we post something stupid um, or one of our episodes, just give it a follow, uh, give it a share, give it a like. Um, you know, retweet us, do all those things um, because that ring way, the bells. yeah, ring the bells. That way, other people will know that you listen to Classic Gaming Brothers, and then they can listen too. As as much as we like to talk about the merch store, which we don't, we prefer if you listen to us. That's the best way to support us. And to tell your friends, if you tell three friends to listen to our podcast, maybe you'll come back and listen to it again. And that's... <laughs> And that's, that's the, the most we can ask for. <laughs> that's the most that we can ask for. Uh, if you want to listen to us, though, we are available on where every podcast is available. So if you like listening to us on Google, Apple, Stitcher, iTunes, then you can. Uh, we're there. So feel free to listen to us on any of those things. It doesn't matter where you listen to us. We know where you're listening to us. <laughs> Just like Santa we know <laughs> we know we, we know, know where you are and we know what you listen to us on that's right and that's pretty much it also um if you want to reach out to us you know you want to send classic gaming brothers an email you want to send us a comment you want to send us some hate you can email us at classic gaming brothers at gmail.com say hate hate yes don't i mean yeah send us hate mail i don't want to i don't want to encourage it but i don't want to you know no now I, I want we, to encourage it. We, we send hate mail to Zachary. Yeah. Just yeah, That's just at me, cease. please. Yeah, just at Zach. Please write an email that says, Dear Zach, in fact, if you do this, if you listen to this part of the podcast and you send an email telling Zach why you hate him, 
Thank then you. I will give you I will give you a game from our list. Wow, wow, we're gonna have a lot of games we're gonna have to get rid of. Um, so yeah, you can email us at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. You can send us a um, web form thing um, through our website. We have a contact form there that will just go directly to classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com. But you know, it's one way to do it. Um, you can also message us on Twitter or Facebook or, or comment on one of our posts. We try to engage pretty much constantly with our fans and friends. Um, and you can find us on Facebook at Classic Gaming Brothers. You can find us on Instagram, which we've been posting on a little more frequently at Classic Gaming Brothers. You can find us on Twitter at CG Brothers Pod because Twitter didn't want to give me the full name. You know, I don't hold it against them. But if you follow us on any of those, you're bound to see some posts that Seth and I do. Um, I've been fairly active on the Twitter as of lately. Um, I've been retweeting a whole bunch of fun indie games that we saw at PAX. I've been um, goofing around with people. um, And I've been promoting the podcast. So give us a follow if you want to see me be goofy. um, Because that's That's what I do best. And then, of course, always like, subscribe, share, ring bells, send emails. We, We like feedback. Uh... I did get a new microphone, so hopefully the audio quality is good. Yeah, I think better, it is. Best. Uh, just let us know. Too loud, too soft, too annoying. <laughs> just let us know. We'll, we'll fix it. And with that said, always remember, don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the classic gaming brothers. The Doom soundtrack done by Zachary's mouth. Please don't sue me, Mr. Prince. Alright, just roll music.